You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The streak is over. The Texans missed a chance to virtually lock up the division. Colts win 24 to 21, and we're going to take apart a loss for the first time in 10 weeks, unfortunately. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from FansideIt'sHouseOfHouston.com. Thanks for diving in to your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Brian, I've got three quick questions for you right off the top. First one, should Bill O'Brien have gone for that 56-yard field goal in the fourth quarter? What would you have done at that time? He punted at third and 12. I would have trusted Kaimi Fever to make the kick. Uh, at that situation, you need every opportunity to get as many points as you can. And I would have been able to, to run him out there. You know, they had, you know, he was on his way out there. He was on the hash marks and they pulled him back and put Trevor Daniel in. That proved to be a huge mistake uh, for the Texans. All right. I'm putting you back in Bill O'Brien's head again. Would you have challenged the Ryan Griffin play at the goal line? Because even if you don't get that call, it's first and goal at the half yard line. Why take the chance right there? Why, why, why even bother with the red flag? Because you, you, you're, you're 50-50 at that point. He really thought that there was a shot. And I was looking at it, too. It looked like that he had brought it over the plane. So I don't blame Bill O'Brien for, uh, you know, using it because it cost him a timeout ultimately because, you know, he, he lost the, uh, the challenge because, you know, in that situation, you know, whenever you're uh, calling, you know, the time or where you're calling the the challenge flag uh, there, you know, I'm thinking just Bill O'Brien thought he had, you know, enough to, to overturn the call. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. You got to be careful with the timeout management, especially in games like this, where it, you know, whenever times get critical and your time poor, you're going to need those timeouts because that's exactly what happened at the end of the game. We you know, we weren't able to call the timeout and the Colts were able to just run out the clock you know, because of a, a penalty that occurred. And we'll talk about that later as well. All right. Third question. Did the Texans need another slot receiver on the roster for today's game? Because without Kiki QT, they had one guy, DeAndre Carter. And unfortunately, he gets injured. You know, he suffers the concussion. I thought that was a totally fair call. I don't understand what the broadcasters were arguing. We hit him straight in the head. That's the whole reasoning for the rule. But at that point, Brian, you know, you lose DeAndre Carter. You're down to Joe Webb. Joe Webb's your slot guy. And to me, Sammy Coates seems really useless on this roster. I, you know, I, I have another receiver on the roster that's got the versatility to play the slot receiver, so you're not throwing out Joe Webb in that situation. I'm pretty sure the crowd was just overly joyed uh, that we saw uh, Joe Webb out there uh, in place of the injured DeAndre Carter. And I feel the same way with you there uh, on that play. You know, um, you know, Dan Fouts uh, was wondering, you know, <laughs> why the call was, you know, the receiver's defenseless. Well, ultimately, he got out of the game because of, you know, the, the possible concussion. They took him out of the blue tent, and that was uh, the situation there. All right. Eight of the Texans' first 10 possessions resulted in zero, count them, zero first downs. The running game, Ryan, non-existent for the first three quarters. What did you think of Deshaun Watson? Because I'll just give you my quick take. It, it was not a good game for him, despite the numbers looking not terrible on the game, and, and let me 
you know, preface this by sometimes, you know, you're looking at completion percentage. That's not always a great indicator, but he was 27 of 38, 267 yards, one touchdown. But the concern about Deshaun Watson, and we've seen this, Brian, and this is my concern with Deshaun, the quarterback, is, you know, he's somebody that just doesn't like to get rid of the ball really quick. And the broadcasters made the point, but we've made this point. You know, he it, there are times where he just needs to throw the ball away, live to fight another day, not take the hit, not take the sack. And, and that was happening way too often. It, you know, I, I get that he wants to make the big play all the time. But what he's doing is he's shortening his career by taking the hits, number one. But he's also uh, putting his team in jeopardy because when you take these sacks, you know, it, it turns into first and long or second and long or third and long. And, and that's really, to me, a big killer. I mean, th- th- there were bigger problems. The running game was uh, obviously non-existent for three quarters. But, you know, th- that was the issue for me that just drove me nuts. And, and that's something that we got to see moving forward to Sean. The good thing is he didn't turn the ball over. He's throwing the ball more, uh, more yardage out there because the success uh, in the streak when Deshaun was playing, you know, playing really well with the uh, the play action, the use of that. He's throwing the ball less, not making mistakes, and yet we, uh, the Houston Texans, were were moving the chains. But today he saw something a lot different. I believe um, they went in zero for seven. Uh, before getting a third down conversion. And that's what you were talking about there, going third and long in these situations where they're just going to have to go on and, and punt because, you know, they just can't seem to get it uh, to to convert uh, for that particular reason. So, you know, we can keep saying that Deshaun needs to, you know, uh, quit holding on to the ball longer. But I think that's almost a situation where he is what he is and we just have to to live with it. He is addicted to making big plays. He wants to extend plays to ensure that, you know, we, we get the chains moved down the field and able to, uh, to to go out there and make this offense as robust as it's supposed to be. Yeah, and he's not reading the blitz really well either. I mean, that's another issue. It's just like he, he doesn't seem to know when it's coming or sees it coming and doesn't know where to make the throw. There was a blitz where... Joe Webb had a crossing pattern, and whatever you think of Joe Webb, he was open. You throw it to him. Hopefully, he makes the catch, and it could have been a big play. But Deshaun takes a sack at that point, and and you know that was pretty much the story of the the game for him. And it's been a story for a lot of this season. He's just he's not been a good quarterback under pressure. When the when the defense throws a little bit more pressure at him, the Pro Football Focus numbers uh, they they pretty much agree with all of that. DeAndre Hopkins, Brian, might be the this might be the worst game we've seen from DeAndre. Ten targets, four catches, thirty six yards. That's it. And two possible drops. I don't know what they would count uh, as a, a a drop, but I saw two today, and this man went eighty catches uh, without you know, uh, dropping the football. But uh, again, he uh, was covered uh, pretty solidly by, you know, the, the the Colts defenders. And, you know, what what can you say? I mean, he still has had a terrific season. You can't take that away from him. He still has that touchdown t- uh, catch, which puts the Texas no, within no, three. No, 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 no. I'm taking it away from him. You have one bad game, Brian. It's over with. You got to cut, <laughs> cut DeAndre Hopkins. Take it away. What are you talking about? What get away with one bad game? You're gonna be a pro bowler. Everybody's gonna be talking about you. You're gonna do that? No, 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 no. I think you're being a little too hard on him. 
people came at me on Twitter today, and I'm like, I got to get into that because, uh, you know, I took a hit. We got to talk about some other stuff, but first, uh, we got a new sponsor, DraftKings, bragging rights and huge cash prizes up for grabs all this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. What are we talking about? We're talking about $1.5 million in total prizes that you got a chance for with one-week fantasy at DraftKings. You choose when to play. Draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. At DraftKings, you are the GM. Just choose your players, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. And Brian's got a little game that you guys can play with us in just a second. But first, uh, we got to tell you that no matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you there. So if you've been thinking about trying one-week fantasy football, now's the time to play. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Use code LOCKEDON to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over one and a half million dollars in total prizes. That's locked on. That's the code only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum five dollar deposit required. That's it. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And Brian, uh, we got a little thing that we might be doing with with people. Uh, what do you got with that? We're going to actually have our league of our own, the Locked On Texans DraftKings League. So if you're ready to win some cold, hard cash, I think you should go on and sign up. We're going to have that information up on um, our social media sites as quickly as possible so that way you guys can sign up for this. Uh, so uh, we would love for you to join, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yes, I'm going to be the commissioner of this uh, particular league. So uh, definitely uh, get out there. We'll have the information as soon as possible. We would love to have you join. And let's have some fun and win some cash. All right, J.J. Watt and Zach Cunningham got a sack, but the defensive story was the Jekyll and Hyde of the first nine possessions. The first four Colts possessions, they didn't get a first down. The Texans' defense was stout. The next possession was stopped by that Andre Hal interception, the great Andre Hal story continues coming back from cancer. A couple of interceptions already. But the possessions after that, Brian, were the issue. They gave up drives of 64, 63, 53, and 75 yards. Three touchdowns and a field goal, 24 points. And that was the ball game. Pretty much plain and simple. I had worried about Eric Ebron and how effective he was going to be this game. And uh, certainly that has been a just a deep, deep red zone target uh, for for Andrew Luck uh, up, right up into this game. Um, all the catches that he had in the red zone, nine catches uh, were, you know, for touchdowns. And that, that was the situation uh, with Ebron. I mean, he is just evolved to become uh, a terrific weapon for the Colts. Only four catches, 65 yards, but when you're averaging six, 16.3 yards per catch and a touchdown, you know, that's that's pretty much the ball game there. Um, they didn't really get much done, on, in, you know, on the run, just like the Texans were able to with uh, Lamar Miller. I mean, you know, through the first half, just looking at the stats, I believe Lamar, or, or just the whole running game period, was just barely over 30 yards, but it was about the same as far as the attack for uh, the Colts as well. So this game was won in the air, and ultimately Andrew Luck won uh, that battle. Andrew Luck looked like the guy of old. He looks very comfortable. He's got a rhythm. He feels that he can get this team to the playoffs, whatever way it takes. They have something to play for, and they obviously look like that today. I wish 
this Texas team, although the nine game win streak is legendary, it's it's historical. Uh, I wish they would have played as if that, you know, they're going to get that playoff berth eventually, but they could have done it today. But uh, this is a game that could have been winnable for the Texas, but uh, continuous, you know, erroneous situations where they're not converting uh, on third downs uh, was ultimately the demise. And just another thing, Sharice Wright, you know, we he, he is a guy that we signed off the street. Yes. But again, you cannot allow that to happen. He was just way too slow uh, for uh, Pascal and uh, and Ebron as well. Just their speed was just too much for him. Um, I don't think he's going to get cut because, I, of course, we need the depth. But again, you saw Jonathan Joseph out there, and I don't know if he is, you know, one hundred percent. But at least he was able to to stop some of the. The, the catches, especially with T.Y. Hilton, he had a nice... Yeah, right there. I was about to stop you. How can you go on and on about the secondary and not mention the fact that T.Y. Hilton, it, it's like Christmas and bad fruitcake. It it's, it's, comes along every single year. T.Y. Hilton just kicks the Texans' butt, and he does it again, and I just had to listen to the broadcasters rattle on and on and on. Oh, my God, T.Y. Hilton, he's hurt. This is hurt. That's That's hurt. Look, if T.Y. Hilton's got a pulse, he's beating the Texans down the field over and over and over again. 12 targets, 9 catches, 199 yards. That 60-yarder that sets up a touchdown. I mean, you, you could talk about Sharice Wright. Justin Reed got beat bad. Your guy Justin Reed got beat on that on that big play. Other guys, J- Jonathan Joseph was getting beat on big plays by T.Y. Hilton. There, there were other guys that were responsible. Sharice Wright, you can go after him if you want. That wasn't the the biggest problem. Look, uh, Eric Ebron, yeah, the touchdown. I don't know how he's that wide open in the end zone when you know like that's their go to guy. But if you look at Eric Ebron, he had two major dropped passes. Uh, he just had four catches total uh, for sixty five yards. It wasn't like they killed him. The touchdown. That was the one that you just kind of shake your head at. Like, oh, oh, my God. You know Eric Ebron's, that's where they're going when they get in the red zone. It's it's obvious. But T.Y. Hilton, Brian, I mean, we can, t- we can talk till we're blue in the face or we're Colts blue in the face or whatever, but you got to stop him at some point. It took them a whole quarter to get a first down. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they go from – not allowing a first down to happen to getting nine almost through the end of the second quarter going into the half. I mean, did Romeo get a little too conservative with his play calling? Yeah, uh, I just it, it just behooves me as to how you can make such a transition between one quarter and the next. Yeah, I, mean, I, I sometimes I have issue because I feel like they go into these zone defenses, and when you're going against good quarterbacks. Uh, see Andrew Luck. He's a good quarterback. When you're going against those guys, guess what? Zones don't work. Those guys are going to figure it out. And I, I didn't feel like they, they might have switched it enough in demand sometimes. I don't know. I, I, I'm not an expert in this area. But it, it, it seemed like they were playing a fairly soft zone where there was a lot of room for the Colts receivers to operate. The other issue, though, is that doesn't matter if you're getting a good pass rush and you're making Andrew Luck have to get rid of the ball pretty quickly, and they couldn't do that. I mean, J.J. Watt, I still don't know if he's 100%. I kind of question if he is. He did get the sack, but it's just it just hadn't been the same J.J. Watt for a couple of weeks, in my opinion. And then Jadavian Clowney, 
Where was he for most of this game? I, I didn't see him flash too much. Uh, the defense. Oh, he flashed <laughs> at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, well, of course that that play yeah. at the end where I mean, Jadavian, come on, enough yes. already with the, with jumping off sides. I mean, we're it's 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 gotten old. And you're, I mean, to do it then of all times, that's exactly when they're they're waiting for it. Yeah, and Eric, Andrew Love knew he had him too. He he was. Yeah, I was wondering what they had up their sleeve there, but ultimately that was a game uh, right there. Just so disheartening, and he couldn't believe it himself. But uh, gosh, I mean, you're you're getting ready to make a lot of money in a little bit here, man. So you got to shore those plays up, uh, JD. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, there's a point in games like this where I just go, Jadavian Clowney. Do we really want to throw a ton of money at him? Do we really want to spend all that money on on Clowney and and depend on you know somebody that I I don't think he's the best pass rusher in the world. He's a tremendous athlete. He's good against the run. But can you pay somebody that much money that doesn't give you? Uh, and, and I'm giving you the the little uh, the money sign or whatever because uh, money the money sign and uh, pass rush terminances or, or terminology is sacks, and that's not something that he gives. And there's these games like this. That's when I have to question uh, Clowney and how much you want to. Do you really want to spend that kind of money on him? Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know, you know, I, I, I guess I'm still on the side, like 51, 49, go ahead and pay him, keep him. But I don't know, Brian, does this, did it, does this make you think about the clowny extension? Oh, I'm all for, I'm all for keeping clowny, but, uh, he's definitely a franchise candidate. You, you just go on and use a franchise tag on him. Let's just do this year by year until he figures this thing out. Cause it, it's just. When you give someone that kind of money, you, you expect the kind of return. And I'm afraid if you give him, you know, you know, 100 million, you know, over five or six years, you, you know, his production may dip uh, even more. I, I don't know what's in his mind, his psyche, knowing that he's financially, you know, secure when he when he gets that deal. So I would say definitely keep keep the pressure on him. Give him that franchise tag. That's still a lot of money for one season. It's not what he wants, but. But I, I don't think you would see a situation where uh, Clowney would sit out, you know, or or he would he may hold out in training camp, but he's going to come back and play. I, I just don't think that you're not going to see the same. I just it's going to work a lot differently uh, for him because ultimately it's it's about the team, and he would just be a big loss if he were to go and sit out, and how would it affect he and his teammates? All right, I got to talk about a couple of guys that didn't play and how that could have affected the ball game. But first, if you love our podcast, tell your followers and friends, let them know that they can find us on Spotify, the Google podcast app, iTunes. We're coming to Pandora. So start looking for us on Pandora. If you have that, you can also support us by sharing our show links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all kinds of social media. And just write, write a nice review for us on iTunes. Take, take a few seconds to do that. Uh, We will do this show forever. Uh, if you do, but without your support, uh, it could end. So just a reminder, you guys, we need you to review. It helps people find the show. We really would appreciate it. Also, email LockedOnTexans.mail.com for questions or comments so we can bring you into the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. We've got some great response recently. Keep it coming, LockedOnTexansAtMail.com. Okay, Brian, we got a couple of guys we got to talk about who didn't play, and, and I think they were important here because Kiki QT, 
you need him back on the field because maybe one of the things that he gives you that you're not getting from anybody else that the Texans have is an outlet for Deshaun Watson when he's in trouble. That was key. We didn't see Deontay Foreman either in this game, so that's still a process. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see Deontay Foreman out there, especially like I, I keep hammering on it, but for short yardage situations, I think he's going to be important. And Brian, this happened really late in the week, so we didn't get a chance to hit on this. But Brennan Scarlett was put on injured reserve. It looks like his season is over with, and he has been exceptional in punt and kickoff return. We saw how much they missed him in punt return. I think it was Trevor Daniels' first punt of the game, and there was 28-yard return. That doesn't happen on Brennan Scarlett's watch the way he's played this year. That was huge. Uh, I mean, it, it didn't end up in, a, in points or anything like that. But that's the kind of change in the field position. When you get the ball back and you're the Texans, you got to go maybe 28 more yards than you than you would have had to. So uh, they missed all three of those guys. But to me, Kiki QT sets everything up for this offense, Brian. They desperately need – they got to find somebody to be a slot re- receiver. I don't think DeAndre Carter would have made that drastic of a difference as a receiver, but I definitely feel like QT makes such a huge difference. Uh, just with his health and just him being able to come back, you know, it's just, it's just 50, 50. They may have to go out and go sign somebody, uh, off the streets. I mean, it's, it's gotten that uh, critical. You had Bruce Ellington, but of course with changes to the roster and Kiki, obviously becoming healthy at the time you, you went on and let him go. Uh, so, you know, that Bruce would have been perfect uh, in those situations uh, in the slot. So I think you're going to have to find somebody. Honestly, to me, I don't think Kiki's going to be ready by next week. If, if he is going to be ready uh, this season, it, it's just if, if he was ready, he obviously would have been able to play because that is a, a position that it, we need critical bodies uh, at. We need depth because uh, when you're trying Joe Webb out there catching passes, obviously something uh, is wrong. And I, on the telecast, they were also complimentary of Joe Webb. And I was like, no, 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 this is not what I wanted to see. And you brought up a great point about Sammy Coates. I almost forgot that this guy uh, was on the team. So I don't know what the deal was of why we didn't see Sammy uh, out there. Because, uh, you know, I, I would want to think that he's healthy and he can go out there and contribute and help this team. So that that that's an interesting aspect there. Yeah, who's got to go down for Sammy Coates to get in the game? That's why I'm saying he, it was a bad idea to keep him if you if you didn't trust him that much. And and then they've been yeah. floating Vincent Smith because they're scared to death somebody's going to grab up Vincent Smith if they activate him. To me, if he's that good, if he's got that much potential, find a spot for him on the roster instead of Sammy Coates because if he can help you, maybe he can help you in the slot more than you trust Sammy Coates right there. I don't get it. You know, that's just that's that's a roster spot that I don't understand. I mean, at least, you know, we've gotten rid of some of the other issues. You know, the Jay Prosh is taking up roster spots and some of these other guys that you just you sort of wonder, hey, why is that guy on the team? What's he, he what's he there for? I mean, he's not very versatile. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. But, you know, that that's a, that's a big part of the deal is that, you know, if Vincent Smith isn't going to you know ever be activated and Sammy Coates can't help you but is activated, then what are you doing? What are you doing with these two spots at wide receiver? Uh, that's something that's got to be – and I'm not saying you can find a Kiki QT. I mean, I'm not saying that that guy's out there. He's not. I mean, that's, no. I think he's a special no. talent. I think it's going to be tough to find any anybody even close to that. But 
And, you know, it just, it's always the slot receiver. I, I, you know, I would have been more in favor of keeping Bruce Ellington around because at least maybe he would have been healthy. And we know Bruce could have helped better than, you know, some of the guys that they've got. I mean, he would have been much better to have on the roster than Sammy Coates. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's a fact. I'm sorry. Come on, Texans, get it together. Anything else that you got? Any other notes that you wanted to bring up that we haven't talked about? I'm just pleased that they were using Demarius Thomas in more deeper situations. Um, he had some big chunks of yardage. Uh, I believe it was a 20-yard catch. And remember that drive uh, toward late in the third quarter uh, where all a lot of our guys were getting uh, chunks. Yeah, it was a 19-yard catch by Demarius, the one I just talked about, 10 yards by DeAndre Hopkins, um, 11 yards off a uh, Alfred Blue run, a 14-yard catch by Jordan Thomas. I mean, I just wish that Texas would have continued to stick with something like that because it certainly uh, was working, you know. And then for the touchdown, you know, to make it – which this was the uh, touchdown, I believe, that made it 24-14, to 14, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that was whenever it was a direct snap uh, from Nick Martin all the way to Lamar Miller uh, for the touchdown. So that was an impressive drive there. I'm just not sure why they backed away uh, from, uh, you know, that situation. You know, that I'm, I'm all about sticking with what's working. If it's not working anymore, then you change it up. And then that way you have, uh, you know, something different uh, for the, the defense to look at every time uh, out on the field. Notice that Jordan Akins was involved a bit more because I still question, you know, what's his purpose on this team? Not much of a blocker, very athletic, still very raw athletically, but that's the situation with him. But he was used quite a bit. How about Ryan Griffin just with his blocking? Um, especially uh, there there were many situations uh, during the game where uh, he was able to open up the lanes, uh, especially for Lamar Miller. So uh, I'm really, really appreciative of that. Wait, did you just say, first of all, you said Ryan Griffin blocking and you said opening up lanes for Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller didn't have a good game, so I don't know which lanes he was opening up for Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, 14 carries, 33 yards, Brian. You're going to have to explain yourself on that one. Because we weren't getting much on the ground, you know. He would get five yards here, five yards there. You know, I celebrate those small successes. That's what's more important to me. Ultimately, we uh, the Texans need to win the game. But if the Texans are effectively moving the football uh, on the ground, which they weren't able to, if if it's just a short success, which means to a long-term gain, I'm really happy about that. So I, I would have loved a Lamar Miller to get um, another 100-yard game over the century mark, but it just wasn't going to happen because the league, they, they pay attention to things like this. Coaches, they want to make sure that they stop it because they know how effective the Texans are You know, running the football. There was a stat that came out on the telecast that the Texans lead the league 62.6% of their plays are you know based off the run they decide to go uh with the run so lamar miller knows uh you know his role in his offense and especially with the alfred blue touchdown whenever he was able to barrel his way across it's good that he's here too and thank goodness we were able to sign him because lamar miller is now thinner he's lighter he's not going to be able to do that anymore without getting hurt so at least she has some versatility there. But, oh, I was just so hoping that Deontay Ford would be back in this game. But I know they had to go in and activate him because of the clock starting, because there's only going to be a certain window where you're going to be able to use him. 
So we should see him hopefully within the coming weeks. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Aikens. There was a play that Aikens made a catch on, and that was a incredibly designed play by Bill O'Brien. I thought, there you go. That's something because it was beautifully designed. Aikens was just wide open on this cross where Deshaun Watson quickly gets rid of the ball. He knew Aikens was going to be where he was at. They pick up 14 yards and a first down. So that that was good. Lamar Miller, there was one play, and this drives me crazy with Lamar. This is why I don't like him in short yardage. It was a second and one, and Lamar Miller, it's just you see you you get the ball, you see the hole, hit the hole. He does like two or three fakes left and right, and then he gets tackled a half yard short of the first. He would have gotten it easily if he would have just like, oh, there's the hole, boom. I'm going to go as fast and as hard as I can at it. Uh, but yeah, the Alfred Blue touchdown where he just – carries guys that was pretty cool uh fantastic work by alfred blue and you know help from the offensive line too he got a convoy with him there but brian here's the here's where i got a little blowback i I said at halftime the texans aren't a come from behind team after halftime now that's not a controversial statement and they're down by two scores and that's not a controversial statement and i i said i hope the fans enjoyed this nine game win streak because it's almost assuredly over. Yeah, you could l- read that as, oh, it's negative and it's a long NFL game. But look, Brian, was I wrong? Is, are the Texans a come from behind team? Have they come back from halftime much under Bill O'Brien? Have they come back by two scores much at halftime? Were we seeing anything in the first half? No running game, no pass rush that make you believe that anything was going to change afterwards? And it pretty much didn't, except for that you know one late Deshaun Watson drive for a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, or that actually he gets the one late one, but I kind of felt that was prevent. I should say the one coming out at halftime, it it looked better. He comes out, he goes down the field, but after that, it it was back to the same old issues, the same problems, all the stuff that they were having difficulties with. And of course, you know, people on Twitter, uh, you know, Hey, not a Texans fan, but this is foolish to say, uh, somebody said gave up pretty quickly. Don't you think the game isn't over yet? Well, you know, I, I didn't say, I, I said it was almost assuredly over, but I didn't say for sure. But you know, I know the history behind, we, we know this. It is nothing wrong with taking I and mean, making a take like that. Uh, would I have tweeted that? I, you, you know me, I'm glass half full. So, you know, probably the first part of your tweet, I definitely would have put in there, but just look at the record. You know, they are usually leading by, uh, you know, they are leading at halftime. You know, their record's like 30 and uh, one or something like, and I'm, I, and I'm paraphrasing guys. I don't know the exact numbers. Yeah, but... no, you're, you're pretty much right on. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. whatever. And one, it's a lot of, it's a lot to one. Yeah. No question. Yeah. In, in terms of exactly, exactly. So if, you know, this is like the first time in a while that the Texas have been in a situation where they're trailing uh, at the half and you've got a hot Andrew Luck. You've, you've got two guys, you know, Eric Ebron, um, you got Marlon Mack that was, you know, able to, you know, get some catches done as well as on the ground. You know, you've you've got a, a, a strong offensive attack, and they've got the momentum. And so you're wondering how you're going to come out in the half. And uh, ultimately, you know, we didn't come out. Uh, the Houston Texans didn't come out uh, as the victor. But uh, what, what do you think about the offensive line today? The only thing that I really saw that was major, I don't know if you saw the play with Autry. He goes right up the middle. 
And then Davenport kind of just scoots to the side. Nick Martin scoots to the left. So it's like they create a hole for Autry to go directly to Watson and make a sack. Oh, that was that was Seniel Calamete and Nick Martin. And I okay. blame that one on Calamete because Nick Martin at least was blocking somebody right there. Calamete, to me, he's just a dude. I, I really would love to see Martinez Rankin take his spot. I, I, I said this before. It's not anything new. But, yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, the, the Texans get a break because they, they're still in it for the bye because the New England Patriots uh, lose on a miraculous uh, one of those – Last second plays where they're lateraling uh, all the way down the field and they win the game on the last play of the game against the Patriots. And somehow Miami knows how to beat the Patriots over and over again. The Texans don't seem to know how to do it. But the Chiefs, you know, you've got them. They're in the mix for this uh, first round bye. But they, they pretty much sewed it up. They, they got their 11th win. They take care of the Ravens in overtime. But if you look at the standings, the Texans... You know they they they're fighting with the Patriots. Both teams at uh, nine and four right now, um, with three games left. Uh, you've got the Steelers are at seven and four uh, as we're speaking to you right now, and then um, also of course uh, a big part is the Chargers. But the Chargers they are obviously uh, you know that that that's wild card, so you don't have to worry about them. But it, it's it's between the Texans. And the Patriots for that that last one. And the, the Texans are going to need some help because the, the Patriots schedule the rest of the way. Not too difficult. I mean, I, the Texans schedule not difficult either. I mean, you, you got to beat the Jets. You got to beat the Jags. Um, the, the Jags are at home. The, the, the big question marks, maybe that Eagles game. You know, none of these you, you, you can take for granted. But the Texans, with a great chance to finish the season 3-0 and and get 12 wins, uh, to match Brian's prediction, as uh, I'm sure he would like to mention right now. <laughs> yes, yes, it's still intact. And they could run the table the rest of the way. So, you know, I, I, I would love for the Texans to do this just to prove that I'm right in making these type of predictions. I should have went to Vegas and made some, you know, make a bet on this. But, uh, you know, I, I'll just take the success. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see about it. The rest of the way, it's going to be seeing not only the Texans win, but also how they win. You know, it's you can't just look at a W as the same as every other W. They need to start putting stuff together. You know, they, they got to recover from this uh, into this next game and run the ball like we had, wait, like we didn't see. We got to see more from JJ and Jadavian Clowney. They, they need to pick it up another level. Those two guys, those are your superstars on defense. They need to pick it up. The secondary, I think, is doing what they can. The linebacking core has been pretty rock solid all all season outside the first couple of weeks. It it's that uh, line play. It's that it's that pass rush. That that's what you're going to have to see from these guys. I don't think there's anything else that we need to hit, Brian. I'm, am I missing something? Um, I think you've got everything pretty much. I just wanted to say that that Andre Howell, he's he's shaking the rust off, you know, from you know being you know, treated for, for for cancer or whatnot. Just he's an inspiration to us all just with the way he's able to come back. Uh, two picks over the past two games. They had the batted pass early in the game. So uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Andre just for uh, the way he's been playing as of late. Yeah, the batted pass, 
extraordinary uh, play right there by him. Not only, you know, you don't see that from a secondary guy to know to throw his right. hands up at the last second, and, and he got a piece of it from Andrew Luck. So that was, yeah, extremely nice play by Dre Hal and just continues to be an inspiration for everybody out there. Uh, just a reminder, before we wrap things up, you can get more of our content on LockedOnTexans.com with Nathan, Jeff, Joe, Andy, Brandon, Calvin. They are all doing tremendous work. Look for Brian's writing on the Texans, Astros, and Rockets on HouseOfHouston.com, a fan-sided affiliate. And if you want to hear my takes on the Rockets and the Astros and everything Houston sports, it's Houston Sports Talk with my co-host, RG Seal. We've been doing it for five years. It's a weekly show. Uh, Subscribe to us in all the same places you can catch Locked On Texans. Uh, it's a sad final. Texans finally lose 24-21. to 21. We're coming at you, though, tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that because this is, this is the Locked On Network, baby. We do this daily. That's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh,